Hi, listeners. Welcome back to Motivate, the motivation and inspiration podcast. I'm your host, Ahidi, and today's guest is Ali Abdal talking about how to beat procrastination. So many of us have notebooks, journals, and whiteboards full of ideas of goals that we want to achieve. But the sad fact is, is that we never actually achieve them because of one specific thing, procrastination. We tend to procrastinate so much that we never actually achieve our goals, or we achieve them so much later in life than we actually wanted to. And that's why today's episode is all about avoiding this type of failure and defeating procrastination. My biggest takeaway is that you need to use fear as your compass. The moment you start feeling fear, know you're moving closer to something that you need to do. Use fear as a signal and press on knowing that whatever it is in front of you, you have the power to overcome it. You are stronger than you think. That's it for me today. Thank you all for listening. I hope you enjoy today's episode. The blank screen, the empty page, the unfilmed video. Whenever we sit down to start writing or creating anything, we're often paralyzed by a force stopping us from starting, stopping us from typing that first word, writing that first page or filming that first video. Now, the most common question I get asked on the internet is, Ali, how are you so cool? But the second most common question is, Ali, how do you beat procrastination? And the answer is in this book, The War of Art by Stephen Pressfield. He says that most of us have two lives, the life we live and the unlived life within us. And between the two is this thing called the resistance. And that is the secret to overcoming procrastination. And this is actually a surprisingly life-changing insight. And I first read this in 2017 and it actually completely changed the way that I approach life and meaningful productivity. And it kind of helped me stop being a chronic procrastinator. And so in this video, we're gonna talk about three key points from the book that have help me personally beat procrastination and hopefully they can help do the same for you. Point number one, know thy enemy. So the first question we need to address is what is resistance? Resistance is the negative force that's actively working against us to stop us from doing the things we want to do. It doesn't stop us from watching Netflix or from playing video games. Instead, it stops us from doing anything that we know in our hearts is gonna level up our lives. Like resistance isn't really that feeling that we get when we can't be bothered to clean the desk or can't be bothered to, I don't know, wash the dishes. That is resistance with a small R, but resistance with a big R is the, the resistance, the, you know, that force that's holding us back from doing creative or entrepreneurial things or things that require any level of risk-taking or putting ourselves out there. And whenever we try and do any of this stuff, we always have to go up against this hill of procrastination that's a constant battle. And there's a nice quote from the book where he says, we don't tell ourselves I'm never going to write my symphony. Instead, we say, I am going to write my symphony. I'm just going to start tomorrow. I've heard this a million times with people being like, you know what? I want to start a YouTube channel at some point. I'm going to start a podcast, but you know, the timing's not quite right. Oh, you know, I haven't quite got the gear. I haven't quite got the kudos. Why would anyone care what I have to say? This is all resistance. It's all that procrastination that's building within us. But what really fuels resistance is fear. Resistance is activated by fear and gains strength whenever we give into that fear creating a cycle that we fall into and which leads to resistance becoming even stronger as our fear becomes even greater. But as he says in the book, fear is actually a very good thing because when we feel scared about doing something, it usually means we should just do the thing. He writes, remember one rule of thumb, the more scared we are of a work or calling, the more sure we can be that we have to do it. And in a way, resistance is that compass that points towards the thing in our life that's actually most important for us to do. Like I never feel any resistance towards sitting down and playing World of Warcraft, but I do feel resistance towards sitting down and writing my book. And that tells me that sitting down to write my book is currently the most important thing I need to be working on. And the key rule of thumb here, as Stephen Pressfield writes, is the more resistance you experience, the more important your unmanifested art or project or enterprise is to you. And since I first read this in 2017, I've actually started using this as a model for, in a way, a model for decision-making. Like if I feel scared about doing something, 
then more often than not, I will try my very best to actually do the thing. And so far in my life, I have never regretted doing something that I'm scared of, but I've always regretted not doing something that I was scared of. So now that we've done step one, which is know our enemy, and we've defined resistance and figured out what it actually is, it's that source that makes us procrastinate, we need to figure out some ways of dealing with it. And the first one is key point number two in this video, which is become a professional. In the book, Pressfield introduces the idea of the professional versus the amateur. An amateur takes action whenever inspiration strikes or when they're in the right mood. They're not committed and the goals are focused on fun, money, and status. A professional shapes their life so that the work is a priority. They're determined and committed to succeed by following their inner drive and creative spirit. Now, our boy Steve says that the only way we can deal with resistance is if we become a professional with our work rather than an amateur. And I think, I think it's interesting how he doesn't define professional as being someone who makes money from the thing. Because you can want to make money from a thing, but still treat it like a complete amateur. But instead, a professional is someone who does it for the sake of doing the work and takes pride in the work itself. And there's a few other traits that professionals have when it comes to doing their job. Like if you're a professional, then you will show up every day to your job no matter what. You wouldn't just not go to work because you don't feel like it. If you're a professional, you work through adversity and you're open to criticism because you always wanna improve. Whereas if you're an amateur, then you feel like, you know, if you draw something or make a video and someone gives you bad feedback or you get a bad comment, you get like really kind of woe is me and like it hurts your feelings and it like ruins your life because you're treating it like an amateur. Whereas if you treat it as a professional, you would be more inclined to actually grow from the feedback. A professional as well will understand that fear is just part of the work. Like if you're a doctor and that's your profession, you know that you're gonna be stepping outside your comfort zone. Whereas if you approach things with an amateur perspective, like starting a YouTube channel or whatever, as soon as the going gets tough, then you're gonna fold like a cheap suit, as they say. And finally, if you're a professional with your work, you recognize that facing the resistance is the daily battle. When I'm working as a doctor, when I wake up in the mornings and I think, oh, I don't really feel like going to work, I do it anyway. It's part of the daily battle. It's just what you have to do. When you're a doctor and you, you know, someone asks you to put an IV or a cannula into a patient who you know has difficult veins, that's resistance. You're like, oh, I don't wanna do this, but it's part of the work. It's part of the job. This is what I have to do. And we wanna be kind of taking that sort of attitude towards our other like creative and entrepreneurial stuff. And obviously there is some level in which you can take this too far. Like being so focused on like treating your hobbies as a professional to the point where you're doing it for eight hours a day is probably a little bit excessive. And there is certainly something to be said for not monetizing all of your hobbies or at least not trying to make a living from your hobbies. Because like for me, a hobby is fun when it makes a bit of money, uh, like playing the guitar. If I could get paid a bit of money to play the guitar, that would make it really, really fun. But if I was reliant on playing the guitar for <laughs> earning a living, I'd be starving on the street and it, it would also make playing the guitar a lot less fun. So treating our creative and entrepreneurial stuff as a professional doesn't mean it takes over our life. It just means that we're approaching it with a bit more of a professional mindset rather than the mindset of, oh, I'll do my thing whenever I feel like it, because that doesn't really work if you're treating something like a pro. Key point number three is we need to banish the ego. Now, he said that once we've become a professional, the next thing we need to do is recognize the ongoing battle between the self and the ego. And the way I see this is that our ego is more focused on external events and how other people see us, whereas the self is this inner calm that we have, which is about the way that we see ourselves. When we're led by our ego, our main priority is to maintain the status of the I in the world, and we're just focused on how external events affect us and everything is very superficial and surface level. Then we've got the self, which is made up of the individual and collective unconscious areas of our minds, which includes our dreams, intuition, visions, and aspirations. It encompasses the deepest form of who we are. And when we sit down to create, we're attempting to channel the self 
because it's through the self that we can beat resistance. Now, some of this stuff is a little bit woo-woo for my liking, like Pressfield goes on about like how creative endeavors are like a new plane of existence and we're all striving for that, you know, plane of existence and resistance is like the devil that gets in the way. It, it can go a bit woo-woo at times. It's kind of similar to like the growth mindset and fixed mindset stuff in a way. When we have a fixed mindset and we get like negative feedback or something, or we do something that we know is not very good, it really shakes us to the core because it like damages our ego. Whereas when we have a growth mindset to something, we recognize that if we fail at something, it's just part of the process of improving over time. And another way that I think of this is when it comes to goal setting. So I found that for me, I get a lot more resistance, i.e. procrastination, when I've got goals that are based on outcomes that are outside of my control. So for example, if I'm making YouTube videos, which is an easy example, one way of thinking about my goals for YouTube is to think about, okay, I want this video to get this many views, or I want to hit this many subscribers by the end of the year. That's a very outcome goal, and it's very outside of my control. The only thing in my control is making the videos, but if I have a goal that I want this video to be really good, then that's when the perfectionism takes hold, that's when I feel the resistance, that's when I procrastinate so much to the point that I don't even make the video. And I've seen this basically with every student who's been through my part-time YouTuber Academy. Anyone who's doing YouTube or starting YouTube or getting better at YouTube or taking it seriously, if you start thinking that this video needs to be good as defined by what other people think of it, it makes it really hard to actually make the video. Whereas what I prefer is to have most of my goals being input goals, i.e. they are entirely within my control, they're entirely based on inputs that I control. So. I'm gonna make two videos a week for the, for the rest of my life is an input goal. It's something that's broadly within my control. I'm gonna write the best book that I can or a, a book that I'm happy with is an input goal. It's a goal within my control. Whereas I'm gonna write a book and I wanted to hit the New York Times bestseller list, which is what I've been thinking about recently. That's very much an output goal and is broadly outside of my control. And I find that when it comes to, again to, to writing my book, anytime I even think of that outcome goal, I feel the procrastination, I feel the resistance, I feel the pain. Whereas when I think, you know what, my job is to, is to just write the best book that I can, it becomes a lot easier to do. And now I've realized that for basically whatever I do, if I'm struggling with procrastination, usually it's the resistance getting in the way. And usually it's because I have some kind of outcome goal associated with the thing, which for me personally is bad. It works for some people, but I don't personally like them. Now we've talked about three ways of beating procrastination. Number one, name the enemy, i.e. the resistance. Number two, become a professional. And number three, banish the ego. There's a lot more really good stuff about this in the book, The War of Art, which as you can see is quite small. Uh, it doesn't take very long to read. And in fact, it only takes two hours to listen to or one hour if you're going at double speed like I do. And you can do that on Audible who are very kindly sponsoring this video. Now, whenever Audible sponsor my videos, I always need to pinch myself because basically beyond any other brand I work with, it is the dream one because I've been evangelizing Audible to all of my friends and anyone who listened to me for the last, I don't know, God knows how long, even when I didn't have this YouTube channel and when they weren't sponsoring my videos. And in fact, it's one of the nicest feelings in the world when one of my friends sign up, signs up for Audible and starts getting into audiobooks and tells me, oh my God, I signed up to Audible because of your recommendation. And now I'm reading the Mistborn series and my mind is blown because it's just so good. So if you want to learn more about beating procrastination, then definitely check out the War of Art audiobook. But if you're looking for fiction recommendations, which is what I personally prefer to listen to most of the time on Audible, I would 1000% recommend the Mistborn series by Brandon Sanderson. This series is narrated by a guy called Michael Kramer, who is like the best narrator in the world, in my opinion. And he's narrated the Mistborn series and the Stormlight Archive and the Wheel of Time. And these are like amazing fantasy books that I've been listening to on Audible since like 2017. And I basically had Michael's, Michael Kramer's voice in my head at all times. So if you're new to the world of audiobooks, 100% I'd recommend the Mistborn series by Brandon Sanderson. The first book of that is The Final Empire. And I started listening to that in like, yeah, 2017. And it's completely changed my life because now Brandon Sanderson is my favorite author. And I freaking love listening to fantasy books on Audible. Another really good one to try is Stardust by Neil Gaiman. You might've seen the film, it's a pretty good film. 
film. Uh, but the book is even better and it's a really nice love story and it's just like narrated very well by Neil Gaiman himself. To get started with a totally free 30 day trial in which you can get one free audiobook to listen to, please head over to audible.com forward slash Ali Abdal and then you can sign up for your 30 day trial, get your free audiobook. I'd recommend The Final Empire by Brandon Sanderson or Stardust by Neil Gaiman if you want to go fiction or The War of Art if you like the topic in this video and you want to learn more about how to beat the resistance. And honestly, of the 100 plus apps that I subscribe to, I always say, even when they're not sponsoring my videos, I always say that Audible is the single subscription that I would hold on to above all else. I would even cancel my Netflix subscription and my World of Warcraft subscription if I had to in order to just subscribe to Audible as the only thing because the amount of value it's added to my life in terms of how little I pay for it each month is just absolutely astronomical and probably the most cost, like cost-effective thing that I own in my life. So if that sounds up your street and you want to get into the world of audiobooks and join me on this journey of listening to audiobooks forever, then head over to audible.com forward slash Ali Abdal to get your 30 day free trial and a free audiobook. Anyway, I want to end with a quote from the book where he says, never forget this very moment we can change our lives. There never was a moment and never will be when we are without the power to alter our destiny. This second, we can turn the tables on resistance. Now, this book had a pretty profound effect on my life and my creative and entrepreneurial journey. And if you like this video and you wanna check out my thoughts on more books that have really impacted my life, then check out this short playlist over here. The first video in it is about three books that changed my life. And then we've got a few other very short videos summarizing some of the other books that I loved and have really helped me in life. So thank you so much for watching. Do hit that subscribe button if you aren't already. And I will see you next time. Good night.